Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Hello. Good evening, good. slash good morning, slash good afternoon. Whenever you're listening, we say hello. Hello. <laughs> How are you, Soro? Well, I feel like we need to tell everyone that we're really like living our podcast truth tonight. Like, we just drank some Sicilian wine that we've talked about on the podcast before. We ate some Ritter cornflake chocolate, the greatest chocolate in the world. We had some Soda Stream to hydrate with. Like, we're just really clicking, ticking stuff off the list. We ain't liars. No. We are truth tellers, <laughs> truth eaters, truth drinkers. We don't recommend the things we don't believe in. Um, I'm honestly actually slightly tipsy from the wine, so let's see how loose I get <laughs> Episode on always gets sit off to the right foot. I know. Right <laughs> foot, the right start, and something happens. The right or left foot. <laughs> what about you? How are you going with your adjustment back to being a working mom? Working mommy is doing well, loving life, pumping in the corner of my open plan office <laughs> twice a day. <laughs> Remembering how much I used to spend on lunch, yeah. which is a lot. Yeah. But it brings me joy, so it's okay. Spending money on lunch or pumping in the corner? Um, one of those things <laughs> brings me joy. <laughs> uh, I have a dress-up wedding to look forward to. Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'm going to dye my hair pink. Is that part of the theme or just for fun? The theme is from the sublime to the ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So it could be anything. <laughs> I feel like it's half sublime, half ridiculous. Pink, pink hair. You've had pink hair before and I enjoyed it. Mm. Yeah, my mum didn't. No. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes down. <laughs> Is it a family wedding or a friend wedding? Friend. Oh, you're fine then. She won't be there. Oh, she'll be there. Oh. Yeah. Okay, well. <laughs> hey, mum. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right, what are we eating this week? Okay, straight into it. There is a new broccoli sandwich in town. Look out. It's my new love. So it's at a cafe called One Another in Newtown. Now, I have to sing the praises of this cafe. This is my platonic idea of a cafe. Like, if this cafe was on my street, I would never cook. (laughs) I would never, ever make myself food. It's in Newtown, so it's on Wilson Street. um, And, yeah, I'm in Coogee, which is very far away. But I still try to go there, like, once a month. So if I ever do a Pilates class at Scout on, like, a Saturday... I'll like just tack on a little visit to one another. There's just the food there is like it's never fussy and Instagrammy, but it's like it's like better than what you would make for yourself at home. Very vegetable forward food, like fresh. There's always like a couple of added unexpected elements that make you go like, oh, that's a great idea. I wouldn't have done that, but tastes great. So this sandwich, this delicious, delicious broccoli sandwich, and it is broccoli, not broccolini. They have gone for the less sexy cousin, mm. and they've really made her sing. It's on a focaccia, mm-hmm. so instantly tick, 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 tick. And the focaccia is crisp with a soft inside, and it's not too oily. Like mm-hmm. You don't feel like you pick it up and you're like, I have to like wipe my hands off immediately because, you know, a focaccia by itself, you want the oil. But as a sandwich, you don't necessarily want something that's like dripping in extra virgin. Um, so it's on focaccia. It's got like, I think a steamed roasted broccoli, uh, vegan aioli, harissa. Mm. Then it has currants and hazelnuts. Oh, yum. Textural. Textural. Hazelnuts, a great addition to a sandwich. Never would have thought of it. Really delicious. And then the currants give you that little bit of sweetness. There's probably some lemon in there. Like just wax you in the face with flavor. But they're also really good at not making something enormous. Yeah. So you, you look at it and you're like, that's kind of small. And then you eat it and you're like, that was the perfect amount of food. 
It's just a great cafe. I really rate this sandwich. Uh, I'm amazed that I've managed to come up with not one but two broccoli sandwich recommendations <laughs> in the space of two years. Um, but I really can't rate it enough. They also have really good coffee. It's a really beautiful space. And they take dine and discover vouchers. So if you're in Sydney and you still need to use that $25 voucher by the end of this month, guys. What, by the end of June? Yeah, end of June. I haven't used any of mine. Well, fucking go to one another and get a broccoli sandwich. Bloody oath. I will. <laughs> What have you eaten? Okay, so boom, it's my second tofu recipe for the season. What the hell? I don't know why. It's just a very good ingredient <laughs> in my household lately. <laughs> this is a recipe on New York Times cooking yep. by Nick Sharma, who's an Indian man who lives in LA. He's a cookbook author, but he runs a blog, which is like become an Instagram account, which I feel like all blogs are now. Yep. They're more Instagram than blog called A Brown Table. And he has a cookbook called The Flavor Equation, which came out last year and kind of like Samin Nosrat's salt, fat, acid, heat, plays with that kind of like science-y view as to flavor and like why things taste good. That sounds really good. I haven't heard of that one. His recipes are delicious. There's there's quite like a um, South Asian bent to them. Lots of really punchy flavors, always really well-spiced. But this recipe is on New York Times. It stuck out to me like immediately. It's sesame crusted tofu with coconut lime sauce. And so you make this sauce from kind of like slurry together. <laughs> you love a slurry. Love you a slurry. love a slurry. <laughs> coconut milk, sambal olek, which is that yum, like sweetish yeah. Indonesian chili sauce, lime, like the zest and the juice, brown sugar, and a lot of sesame oil. If you're used to like, a drop of sesame oil in most things like as most of us are like over fried rice or noodles or whatever this is like a quarter cup or something like it's a lot i know it's a lot that is also very expensive i know i was like (laughs) oh this is going to use up my whole stash of sesame oil but you kind of emulsify the sauce with the oil that's just already so interesting because so often yeah sesame oil is like half a teaspoon a couple of like a dribble Mm, it's a very strong flavor yeah so then you crumb these like big fat cubes of tofu we use like semi firm it says to use extra firm but we couldn't find that and just use semi which i actually like better it's kind of like more silken you crumb them in panko your fave salt heaps of salt heaps of pepper and sesame seeds and then you shallow fry them on all sides until they're all like golden and crunchy i was a bit worried that this was gonna ask me to deep fry and that's not cool i don't want to deep fry i'm too scared of the oil (laughs) i just never know what to do with the oil afterwards it's just like yeah you've got this oil and like what do you do super annoying you got to put it in a jar and chuck it out (laughs) which is annoying you gotta let it cool So anyway, no, no deep frying here. No deep frying, just like a really, really, really shallow fry. Yep, you get them all crispy, put them on some paper towel, you kind of drag around a pan some greens. They, or Nick recommends spinach, but I just had a bunch of kale, so I just used that. With some softened garlic and shallots and soy. Mm-hmm. Kind of pile all that into a bowl with some rice. Douse it all with that limey, spicy, coconutty sauce or Ses- slurry. Sesame. Sesame. <laughs> sesame sauce that you made. <laughs> and there you have it, friends. A very, very tasty, very textural, like crunchy. You've got this like cold sauce. You've got the wilted greens. And the sauce recipe actually makes double. So you can keep it in the fridge and drizzle it over soba noodles, chicken, just some greens. It's very tasty I'm- stuff making this immediately this sounds so exactly up my alley it's really good it's like salt and pepper tofu yeah mm. 
but with sesame, lots of it. <laughs> it's not pepper sesame. It's that famous dish. <laughs> yeah, but check out a brown table on Instagram as well. Really cool, cool recipes and beautiful photos. Okay, watch, read, listen. I've got another TV show. Are you ready to ugly cry, guys? Are <laughs> Always. Are you ready to just straight up sob your way through a television experience? Yeah. Because I have, if you are, I have the show for you. <laughs> Hit me. Um, it's, it's a Sin. So it's by the, it's a British show and it's by the TV creator Russell T. Davis, who actually made that show years and years, which I talked about a few seasons back, which was kind of that horrifying uh, near future take on like what was happening. Yeah. This is not that. This show is set between the years 1981 and 1991, Mm -hmm. mostly in London. Um, And it follows this group of friends, mostly gay men who've moved to London and live together in this flat and kind of follows them through the intensity of the AIDS crisis as it's unfolding um, around them. And they're like all these like young men and women. And it's, so it's, I think, particularly poignant. It came out in January this year, 2021. I think it's particularly poignant having us all now currently lived through, a, I mean, many people have, are alive who've lived through the AIDS uh, crisis, but we've now also lived through a pandemic, which is, I think, illuminated just how little we talk about another pandemic that happened in living memory. Like, it's kind of wild how little we acknowledge or talk about AIDS in so many ways. Well, it was just such a a different way of transmission and such a targeted Mm. group which as you can probably tell by the name it's a sin Mm. this show like does not shy away from covering so Mm. full disclosure i started crying and when i say crying i don't mean like a tear or like light weeping i mean like full body ugly like heave sobbing sometime during episode three and i didn't really stop till the end (laughs) Well, it kind of just keeps hitting you every episode. You're like, oh, God, what's going to come this this episode? I know. Just so brutal. Um, but I once again, I'm not trying to just, like, hard sell you on, like, a traumatic cultural artifact. Like, last week when I literally told you to read a book on trauma. Um, it's also, like, really funny and sexy and the characters are joyous and full of, like, exuberance and youthful ridiculousness. And it's, like, very brightly coloured and it's not a dour mm. or it's not depressing, like like a grim slow paced show it's super fast paced it feels really like like lived in and 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 I think I think what I love about the way he's made this show is he tries to focus just as much on the joy and beauty and love that was this life of these young men kind of discovering themselves and discovering what it is to be like a young gay man just as much as it's about this like very true horror and fear and terror Mm. um, that was the flip side to this lifestyle that they discovered where they had found so much freedom so it's really interesting. It was originally supposed to be eight episodes, but even now, apparently, the AIDS sort of focus made it a hard sell to a lot of um, uh, sort of TV networks. So it got cut down to five episodes. So this means it's very possible to binge this, as I did in one day on the couch one weekend. Um, I don't know if I can recommend it because I literally by the end felt like my face had swelled up from crying so hard. I had to pause multiple times to just like calm down. But I also think it's a little bit of a shame it got cut to five eps because I feel like there's a couple of story of lines that I would have loved to see fleshed out more. So 
One of the key characters and storylines is for this woman, Jill, who's one of the main, if not only, female characters in the show, and she lives with um, the other um, gay male characters, and she sort of becomes a bit of a, like, den mother. Um, But she's based on a friend of um, the TV creator, and she was, like, an actual real person who was really pivotal. Like, she's one of the first characters who takes this, like, AIDS rumour seriously, starts trying to do research, starts working for a hotline, really, like, cares for and is one of the first people who, like, starts giving care to people who are HIV positive when at a time when people would literally lock you in a room with no food in a hospital and walk away and not come back for days. Um, And I just, as much as I loved watching her character and she does get some amazing moments and she's so selfless and so giving and so, like, caring, I feel like there was an opportunity to explore a bit more of, like, what it would actually have been like to be that person and yeah. to like have like a life where this is a big part of it. Like she never has a relationship. Mm. Like does she never date anyone or does we just not have time to see that? Like her parents are characters, but like we don't really see her relationship with them very much. So that's my one criticism and it's not a criticism of the makers. It's more just a shame that they weren't given the full eight episodes because it was, it's just, it's just glorious. And yeah, you're going to, I cried so much <laughs> watching this. It was really interesting how, in comparison to today's situation, how we've got so much news, mm. so many updates, live blogs that have been running now for like, you know, 18, 18 months. months. Yeah. And back then, just no information and no media. And <laughs> she, Jill, one of the storylines is one of the the men works in a suiting shop and he goes to America to work for a job. And she's like, when you're in America, go to the shop, buy these magazines yeah. I'm sure they'll have something about AIDS. They, they just couldn't get anything in the UK yeah. on it. There was no information, no media, no research, nothing. That stuck with me so much as well, just the way they were, like, piecing together information mm. from scraps, essentially, because no one wanted to touch it or talk about it. Yeah, and now it's just this barrage of info. And yet the misinformation seems not dissimilar. Mm. Um, but, yeah, so that's it's called It's a Sin. In Australia, it is streaming on Stan. As I said, gird your loins, go in prepared, but also it is like the most enjoyable ugly cry you'll have. <laughs> if that's a promise I can make for you, which seems like a weird one to try cathartic, and make. Cathartic, a cathartic, cathartic. So excellent. Definitely worth checking out. What have you listened to this week? Well, a little bit different to <laughs> It's a Sin. We love a tonal shift. Yes, we do. <laughs> You're going to spin around on a coin and land at Attica's Summer Camp, which was Ben Shuri of Attica Restaurant in Melbourne's pop-up over the summer in the Yarra Valley. Attica, if you don't know it, is extremely high-end, incredible Australian restaurant, um, kind of the outer suburbs of Melbourne, very very hard hit by the pandemic as all restaurants were. Um, He did a delivery service all throughout COVID. And then once Melbourne started coming back and opening up over the summer, launched Attica Summer Camp, which was this kind of casual, nostalgic, very, very cool from my like very sad place in Sydney watching from afar. <laughs> um, it restaurant. So fun. So fun. And it's over now, cut short by like three days by yet another Melbourne lockdown. But Ben, who is the chef and owner of Attica, is very into music. He has a huge record collection and so has released the Attica Summer Camp Spotify playlist. Oh, fuck yeah. Which is my new favorite playlist to play in the office. 
I'm less classical, more soul vibes in the office. I wouldn't have thought you screamed like classical. I feel like people like to like work to like classical music and they're just like, what industry do you work in? I don't know. I'm like, I want to listen to Hollow Notes. That's what I like work well to. Shocking. We've never indicated a particular love of that sort of genre. Uh, Yes, I'm so easy to pick. But yep, I very much recommend this for some vibes on a Friday or a Monday or any day of the week. Lots of Australian tunes in there. There's Paul Kelly, there's Gurumul, um, but there's also Velvet Underground, New Order, Hollow Notes. It's just really good listening. Great. And I really thank Ben for this gift. He's a man who keeps on giving, considering how hard his life with the lockdowns, particularly. He is the most relentlessly, like, keep on going guy I have witnessed in this, like, whole thing. Great follow on Instagram just for the, like, Oh, like poetry and beautiful takes on like what it means to be in hospitality. <laughs> totally. He's amazing. Incredible, incredible person. We'll link to that in our newsletter, which is found at highlyenthused.substack.com. All the links to everything we mentioned will be in there. And right. now we are on to our buy or do. And I have, shockingly, a buy this week. <laughs> I've got a do, so I'm like so stoked. <laughs> what have you got? Um, yeah, so lol, today's episode turns out as just like season one redux. I've had a broccoli sandwich and now I'm going to recommend some Levi's jeans. <laughs> Well, you know, we've got a lot of new listeners, so you might not have listened all the way back. Yeah. So once upon a time, I recommended the Levi wedgies. Still wear those jeans. Bought a second pair of them. They're a great classic. But this week, I am going to recommend to you the Levi ribcage straight leg jeans. The word ribcage just like freaks me out. Like skeleton. (laughs) It is part of your skeleton. Yes. You have identified. It's like skeletal, that word. It's like... Anyway, well, if you don't have a problem with the word ribcage, unlike my co-host, um, the ribcage does describe the waistline of these jeans. They are a very high-cut pair of jeans. So I wandered into the Levi's shop in Bondi Junction the other day. They were having a sale, decided to try a pair on because I had a serious case of what I call the shoppies. Have you ever had that? It's where you just really want to spend money. <laughs> just the shoppies yeah yeah you're just in there and like there's nothing you really need that you just want to buy now i realize consumerism terrible capitalism destroying the planet sometimes you just want to buy something and i decided to buy a pair of jeans and these jeans were what i purchased so got them in the shade georgie blue they're like the perfect kind of classic denim a little bit saturated not too dark kind of just like denim jean blue like what you think of when you hear that phrase and they completely passed my would lauren hutton wear them test <laughs> key still running my clothes through that uh prism of decision making guys as implied by the name they are significantly higher waisted than the wedgies they've got a whole extra button in the fly <laughs> so there's a solid extra inch there they don't no, look, they do. I'm, I'm touching my waist now. They do hit the bottom of my rib cage, so they definitely sit above the hips and up on the waist. And they've got that really good straight leg cut. So from the knee, they just drop like straight down. Stop at the ankle if you get the ankle crop. There's no Gen Z skinny leg shame here, you know. I just can't believe we used to wear skinny leg jeans. I know. No shame if that. you still do it, but like they look like leggings. But like. It's just so, so, so tight. They make my legs look like carrots. <laughs> I have a butt, I have thighs, I have tiny ankles. You put me in a skinny leg, Ooh. I look like I am pointy at the top and pointy at the bottom. And it's not a flattering shape. It's not a flattering shape. It's not a flattering and shape. And so low-waisted. Yeah. Oh, 
guys, time passes, genes are not eternal. Um, so the pair I got, luckily, has a little bit of stretch in them, which is good. Essential. Essential. I cannot buy a rigid denim. That's just not my truth, not my life, not my waist or butt size. They've got the same flattering effect on my butt as the wedgies do. I don't know. They just look good. They're just a good classic pair of jeans. They sound good. Been wearing them, I'm wearing them right now. Been wearing them to work. Works. It's good. I just wish they'd admit the word cage and just write like rib rib ticklers or rib tosters. Rib ticklers is better than rib cage. There's a reason why you're not in product naming, so I love you, but no. Uh, rib ticklers. <laughs> okay, well guys, if you want the Levi rib tickler straight leg jeans, I can highly recommend them. And on sale at the moment, if you're in Australia, they're 30% off. But oh. otherwise, they're $139, I think. Well-priced. Well-priced. And what have you done this week? Well, I haven't done this yet, but I am imminent, imminently Lee. about to do it. <laughs> and you should all do it too. So David Jones and Mecca have teamed up with a company called TerraCycle, which is a company that specializes allegedly in recycling the unrecyclable. Oh, I've read about this company. They've teamed up with some councils, I think. Yeah, so one of the unrecyclable things that you can't really put in your home recycling is like beauty product Mm. packaging. So all those little moisturizer pots, all those little like mascara things, all the little like concealer tubes and stuff that you have, you can't recycle them at home. This is where you can now take it. To That's either, so great. Yeah, all Mecca stores and David Jones around Australia and New Zealand have like designated areas where you can drop your stuff off. Oh you don't have to buy the product from Mecca, I don't think. It could just be any beauty product. That's so good. Which is really cool. So yeah, they'll, they'll recycle it for you for free. So you can take your shampoo bottles there, lip balms, foundation tubes, moisturizer pots. Honestly, I buy the same moisturizer over and over again. I probably have to buy it every two to three months mm. because I love it so freaking much. And I'm going to talk about it in the next episode. But it's such a small pot. Mm. Like, why can't I get this in three times the size? Give me a liter. Just give me <laughs> yeah. 500 pounds. I want a pump pack of this very <laughs> luxe Greek moisturizer. <laughs> I just don't want to keep chucking out these little small pots. Anyway, mm. now I don't have to. I can just store them hoard them for a little while and then drop them at Mecca or David Jones. This is awesome. Apparently a friend of mine recently told me that H&M does a similar thing for any linen or textiles. Mm. So you can take anything to H&M that's like fabric or linen or whatever and they'll recycle it Like for any you. clothes. Anything. It doesn't have to be H&M. can be like bed linen. can be like she was, she had like some like bra pads from I think breastfeeding and she's like what do I do with these I don't want to throw them in the bin and you can take them there as well so there's some really cool initiatives at the moment of like like stores and retailers actually trying to maybe do something better that's great yeah so you can't unfortunately recycle a couple of things like nail polishes and nail polish remover bottles Mm. or perfume bottles why not perfume bottles yeah they're glass what if you rinse them out yeah I don't know that seems weird to me it seems like the easiest thing to recycle (laughs) it's like a glass bottle but anyway not allowed (laughs) um but the majority of stuff you can and yeah so start saving those bottles up we are ready for the fast five let's go you're going first i know i'm excited so i always say that i always say i'm excited i'm not that excited it's just it's just get excited (laughs) no it is exciting my first number one (laughs) your first number one okay cool (laughs) what's your second number one (laughs) 
Okay, number one this week is groove therapy beginner adult dance classes. Fun! I could totally get into this. Oh my god, you would love it. It's so fun. Claudia Carvin was in my sister's dance class one day. <gasps> Jamaican dance hall. She's, she's circling. You're gonna find her. Yes. You're gonna meet her. We're Sorry. gonna become friends. No. <laughs> Claudia Carvin is never a digression. Um, so this I did with our mutual friend Lucy on Tuesday night this week, and it was to help shake off my first day at my new job. Just go and do a very beginner's adult dance class, and it was a mix of dance hall Jamaican dance hall and I think a little bit of reggaeton neither styles have I got any experience or skill level in um what but the hell is reggaeton you would know reggaeton I'll play you some reggaeton after okay. this <laughs> it's the kind of music they play in Europe <laughs> in bad <laughs> nightclubs <laughs> you would know it you're 100% not but anyway Jamaican dance hall and reggaeton um is like particular like dance tradition um I did ballet growing up, which is the philosophical opposite of both of those moves. So I have absolutely no skill level in it. Um, This one was held at the Red Rattler in Marrickville, which is actually like a live music kind of gig venue. And I think part of the reason I love doing this class is because there was no mirror. So I could not see how bad I was. It was just about how it felt. And you could see everyone else and we were all kind of terrible, but like all getting into it. Um, the teacher was this woman named Rachel, so bubbly, so extroverted, so funny, like knew how to like carry the room and like get everyone involved and relaxed. Um, and most of the time you're just kind of like cackling at laughter at how bad you are. But by the end of it, she's like taught you this like pretty basic routine. The music is really fun and you just kind of like get a bit sweaty, laugh a lot. It's just like 20 bucks to drop in. I want to come. It's great. Come along. Tuesday nights. I will. Bring your baby. Ned can just No, I'm leaving the baby. I'm <laughs> Leave the baby. Come to the dance class. Um, so, yeah, as I said, classes are like 20 bucks for a drop-in, or I think they're cheaper if you buy a multi-pack pass. Um, you do have to book kind of in advance because they sell out. Um, obviously, with COVID, there's still restrictions on how many people you can have. But it was great, and I really enjoyed it. Fun. I'm going to do it again. So that's Groove Therapy and their adult dance classes. Are there more around town? Yeah. So they have them Byron Bay, Sydney, Melbourne, and they also do a Zoom class on Thursday evenings. Cool. Um, which is great. So if you're currently in lockdown in Melbourne, you can also jump on board and have a little boogie to these classes. Um, so yeah, great time. Highly recommend it. Just nice to move your body, just to move it and not think too much about it. Second recommendation, chlorine dry shampoo with nettle for dark hair. So I am like a mousy brunette kind of color. (laughs) Um, I've used a lot of dry shampoo in my time. Usually just buy whatever is cheapest at Priceline. But I find I usually get a bit of a residue and it's quite gritty. You know, Mm -hmm. that feeling where you're like, "Mm, is my hair sandy? Mm -hmm. No, it's dry shampoo. Um, But I tried this recently. I just got the travel size to start with. um, And now I've upgraded to the full size. It's a little bit more expensive. Like I think it's about... Depending where you look, it can be about 20 bucks, six, cheaper for the smaller size. But it's really good, especially if you're using it to like deal with really oily <laughs> roots, which is what I'm always doing. I'm trying to like extend my hair wash for a few days. Less gritty. This one doesn't leave a dark residue. It's kind of translucent. You spray it in, you leave it for a few minutes. You're supposed to brush it out, but I can just massage it out with my fingers and it kind of does the job. And it usually lets me get at least two more days before I feel like I really need to wash my hair, which I love think is dry useful. I love dry shampoo. I taught an old colleague about dry shampoo. He'd never heard of it before. What? He was like, what is that magic? I was like, I'm, I've just changed. I've changed your life. If you've never <laughs> heard of dry shampoo and I'm now introducing you to this concept, your life will never be the same again. It's I guess miracle. I haven't really heard of a dude using it. 
I mean, he was a beautiful, fabulous gay man with very long, curly, luscious yeah, locks. Like, so I was like, of course, it's useful to get all on of us. this. I feel like it's just not something. In that... fact, if you have like that short sides, long top, this is a product that will change your life. I actually sometimes use it just on clean hair for extra texture. Yeah, it's a great styling product. Mm. I tend to use it because I'm lazy and don't like to wash my hair unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> So that is the Chlorine Dry Shampoo. They have a whole bunch of different ones. I like the Nettle one for dark hair. It's in the green bottle. Does it spray out brown? No, it's kind of just like not white. Okay. Or at least I haven't noticed it being brown. It's not like a hair powder or anything. If you're like a light brunette, you're not going to be like, and eh, now I have dark hair. <laughs> so that's number two. My third one is another Sicilian white wine. Oh god, I love this wine so <laughs> fucking much. It's so good. And I feel very confident recommending this because their most recent vintage has just been like released in Australia. So I've seen it on lots of different places. <clears throat> so the wine is Alessandro Viola, is the winery or the winemaker. And the wine is the Nota de Bianco. So it is a griot, which is a beautiful wine variety that's native to Sicily. And from it's a this wine is grown in Sicily. It has a similar kind of salty perfume, stone fruit flavor, like our SP68. I do find it's not quite as, I think the SP68 has some muscadet in it. This doesn't have that. I find it's a bit cleaner, a little bit lighter, a little bit fresher. It's just a beautiful, like super easy to drink white wine. It'll feel like you're on a summer holiday. It's got that lovely little sailing finish at the end. So it's not heavy. You can pretend you're sailing around Panareo. Yeah. Aren't we always pretending that we're sailing around? I accidentally ordered the red instead of the white. Yeah. Um, and that was really good too. I've also been eyeing off the rosé, which they currently have in mm. stock. So on drinks, this drinks.com, this is $37 a bottle. Um, I think it's incredibly good value. They also have a like higher, like a higher up price point of their Grio, which is about 53, which I haven't tried, but I'm wondering mm. if I should splurge. Mm-hmm. I'll report back, the guys. I'll let yes. you know. Yes, I probably will. Um, so that's the Alessandro Viola. Not a Debianco. It's just a beautiful, wonderful white wine. Tastes like a summer holiday, which we could all use right now as it gets cold, and especially if you're in Melbourne. Um, we're so sorry. Drink some delicious Sicilian wine. <laughs> so that's number three, a summer holiday in a bottle. Number four is a book that I just finished. It's called Great Circle. It's by an author named Maggie Shipstead, and this is just a really good, solid book. It has plot it has like a book vivid, it has plot no not a given not a given in the current contemporary literary scene so fuck a lot of Rachel Cusk and Deborah Levy who I love but I just wanted like I wanted shit to happen I wanted to be invested in people's love lives I wanted to like not be sure if they were gonna make it like I just wanted to feel something also <laughs> oh, this book is the book that made you feel something well I've been mean, talking about this for a while. Yeah, I, I've, I feel like I overdosed on books, guys, and that book stopped impacting me. So this, this has made me feel something again. Um, but it's mostly just like a really great story. So it's set sort of a split narrative, partially set in the 20s and 30s, partially in the sort of early 21st century, the 2000s. Um, and the two characters it follows is an Amelia Earhart-esque female pilot named Marion Graves. It follows her through her life before she disappears uh, during an attempt to circumvent the globe. That's not a spoiler. They tell you that on like page one. Um, and then it also follows this actress in the 2010s, I think, who is um, cast to play her in a movie Ooh, about cool. her life. Um, and so it's like first person for or first person or close third person for both. It's like quite chunky. Like it's quite a big book, which, but you just want to like sink into it like a warm bath. 
you just want to like you devour it really quickly there's heaps it's like got lots of different characters and like kind of jumps through lots of time it's just a big sprawling delicious novel sounds great it's great highly recommend as I always do on this podcast, it is the nature of this podcast. Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead. And then my last recommendation is a tip for how you can start turning your house into a cocktail bar. I started this journey um, in lockdown 2020 uh, by purchasing fancy vermouth and fancy gin and like vintage martini glasses. And I have continued this and I have purchased some martini picks for home for olives for olives Mm. so you can use them for other cocktails it doesn't just have to be for martinis um but i got these really simple um stainless steel they're like little skewers essentially and the ones i have have this really nice sort of minimalistic these little cylindrical toppers um very simple i got them on ebay for like twelve (laughs) dollars I don't know if that listing is still available, but I'll include a link to a similar type um, in the newsletter. And it's just so civilized to be like, would you like a martini? And they say yes. And then you can like put the... Like, you can garnish correctly. You can garnish correctly. You're not just plopping olives in there. No, I put ice in the glass. You I chill it down. I am serving you a cocktail. I mean, the other option is to uh, steal them from your local cocktail bar, <laughs> but I could not in good conscience recommend that. Yeah, you only need two. You really don't need five. Um, So yeah, get some martini picks. Pretend you're in a cocktail bar when you're at home. Pick your teeth after with them. I mean, it's really good at all. (laughs) So that is my fast five. What's on your list? Well, I feel very bad that I haven't brought these up yet, but... terrible wife. (laughs) Diving into the fast five with a pasta recommendation. It's my husband's thing, but that's fine because it's awesome. (laughs) It is good. Fabrica Pasta Shop in the city is where they make all amazing fresh pasta sold by weight. They've just launched... Well, they like officially launched their pasta packs. So this is a little like pack with two servings of fresh pasta Mm -hmm. and a sauce. So they've got fresh spaghetti and cacio e pepe sauce. They've got a trottole with pork and fennel sausage. They've got, which which they obviously make in-house, that sausage. Of course, they make everything in-house. Yeah, slow-cooked wagyu and red wine ragu. They've got a duck and rainbow shard ragu with like rye casserette. Oh, their non, their rye pasta is so tasty. It's amazing. It's such a good chew to it. Yeah, so all you do, because the pasta is fresh, it's not dried, you have to boil it for like three minutes. It's so little time. And you just heat the sauce, dump the pasta straight from the water into the sauce, give a little toss, and that's literally it. Uh, Sophie did the cacio e pepe one for dinner tonight, and I quite literally licked the bowl clean. <laughs> It's like going to Rigazzi, but not going. Yeah, at your own home. You don't have to like book two months in advance. You just buy one of these packs. And they're like $20, which is way too cheap. I know. But I mean, you can talk to him about that, but guys, get him while it's still a bargain. (laughs) The Cacio Pepe is very, very good. I recommend keeping at least two packs in your freezer. So you can actually, if you're in Sydney, get them delivered by Love Tilly Divine's online booze store, Laneway Liquor. Oh, do they deliver those? Yeah. Amazing. So you can get wine and pasta delivered. But they've just started distributing to shops all around the country. Um, There's only a few stores at the moment, but they're, like, rapidly trying to make more (laughs) pasta to sell, which is really exciting. Um, Look for it in Maloney's, and you can always buy it direct from Fabrica on King Street in Sydney. Bloody delicious. So delicious. 
Okay, number two on the fast five is a new cafe in my work neighborhood in Redfern, Goodways Jelly. I'm jealous this is near your work. I really want to go. I'm so happy that this is close to my work. Easily the best coffee in the area, if not at least 10 minute radius. Strong call, but I will believe you. Yeah. So it's a sandwich shop slash deli. They make all their own bread in house, which is kind of like a very soft, like kind of ciabatta-y, baguette mm. sourdough thing. There's a little bit of wattle seed in there. Like a roll or slices? A roll, mm. but a small roll. Okay. Like it's not going to whack you over the head with how big this sandwich is. Yeah. It's a good amount. Much like your broccoli sandwich, not too big. Sometimes you just want a well-sized, well-priced sandwich. Well, you just don't want to fall asleep after you eat it. <laughs> yeah. Which is why there's stuff to do. <laughs> You've got a whole afternoon to fill with work. <laughs> so... They're playing with some really interesting ingredients with nods to native Australian ingredients like kangaroo mortadella. Mm-hmm. There's a very good breakfast sandwich with egg and a fermented potato sort of cake in there. Really oh good. They have a Vegemite and Mafrachetta scroll, like a cheesy mite, but fancy. <laughs> they got lamingtons filled with homemade jam. Coffees by Supreme. They're really nice guys. They've got great merch, really good coffee cups. I drink my latte out of one every morning at home. <laughs> and I really recommend it. Goodways Deli on Cooper Street in Redfern. Okay, I've been on a bit of a cafe bender these days because I've had a couple of baby free days with my laptop to like smash some stuff out. It's a cafe themed episode, actually. Yeah, it is. So lucky you, <laughs> dear <laughs> listeners. This one is in Newtown. It's called Soulmate. It's a great name. Such a good name. Really good branding. Really into the totes and stuff at Soulmate. And it's really good. They've got an excellent bacon and egg roll with like bacon, egg, sambal cheese mm. and herb mayo on like a potato bun i just keep making weird groaning noises sorry guys i'm mm. weirdly hungry <laughs> this all sounds so good one of the best things at this cafe is the mchenry coffee so it's single o filter topped with sweet whipped cream jesus i know i posted it on instagram and a friend was like what fucking bogan cafe are you at <laughs> I was like, no, no, friend, this costs $6.50, it's fancy as hell, and it's delicious. So do you, do you like, eat the whipped cream and then drink the coffee? Do you stir um, it through? I kind of stirred it in a little bit, so it, like, melts a little bit in, but it's still got that nice, like, creamy, frothy top. The whipped cream, like, moustache as you take a sip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. all about that. It was so good. It was so good. It's kind of sweet, so it's, like, really takes the edge off the filter if you like a milky coffee. Mm. I'm not sold, but I'm willing to go with you and try yours. <laughs> In fact, you kind of drink the, the coffee through the whipped cream. <laughs> <laughs> it's a whipped cream filter, if you will. I'm going to need another just to make sure yeah. how you drink it. So that is the McHenry at Soulmate in Newtown. Number four is another wine. It's a really oh. whiny cafe vibe tonight. Sometimes we're just in sync and we're recommending the same things. We're constantly in sync. Uh, this is the community Pinot Noir slash Pinot Gris by our favorites drinks.com and Commune of Buttons. So Commune of Buttons are one of my favorite small winemakers in the Adelaide Hills. So Joel from Drinks is originally from Adelaide. So they've teamed up and made a Pinot Noir slash Pinot Gris blend, which is like light enough to chill. It has mm-hmm. a, it's nice with a little bit of chill on it. Still has enough weight for it to be called juicy. 
It's delicious. It's very good for early winter, which yeah. is right where we are in this point in time. And I've checked and there's a lot of it left. So, <laughs> so we're not recommending something that will sell out immediately. <laughs> Get it while it's hot. It's the Community Pinot Noir Pinot Gris by Drinks and Commute of Buttons. And the final one is, oh, I kind of wish I had not stumbled across this because it's, <laughs> it's going to be really bad my wallet. But it's a Danish homeware site or officially oh. a Danish online multi-brand concept store. <laughs> Those words are like, take my money. Immediately, I'm like, I have less money just hearing that phrase. <laughs> like, my wallet is light up, my bank account is empty. <laughs> oh, God, my money all just disappeared. Um, it's called Kiosk 48th. Mm-hmm. And nice and esoteric, don't know what it means. Great. Yeah, I'm like, why do you have the TH on there? Anyway, usually the shipping to Australia from these websites in Denmark is very inhibitable yeah like 75 euros yeah but it's not it's only 30 australian dollars <laughs> well maybe we can split the shipping <laughs> yeah we all gotta team up buy a whole bunch of stuff get it all shipped at once yeah um very very cool stuff obviously the danes know what they're doing splattery kind of cool jugs amazing how many s- jugs are you gonna have in your house i actually don't even i own one jug okay well it's coming i feel like there's gonna be 12 next time i come over i need another jug <laughs> These amazing kind of like plinth stools made from recycled plastics that are all like terrazzo-y kind of. Great little kitchen items, interesting chopping boards. <laughs> what a phrase. Utensils. And it's just all very Danish, which makes it all very cool. And I just want it all. I want it all from Kiosk 48. Well, it's only $30 shipping, so you got to buy it all to justify <laughs> it. Just buy one of every. If you want to buy a new present, I want that splattery jug. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Listeners, that was directed at you. <laughs> And that's it. That's it. That's the Fast Five and the episode wrapped up into one delicious package. All done. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, as always. Um, We've already mentioned our newsletter, but as always, the free newsletter goes out once a fortnight after we air the episode. It has all the links you could ever need. That's highlyenthused at substack.com. You can follow us on Instagram at highlyenthused. Send us a message. Have a chat in the DMs. And if you really love us, you can become a paid subscriber for an extra themed newsletter a month. Yep. And we've been taking some great suggestions from you guys about what our next one should be. So if you enjoyed our dating newsletter that came out this Sunday, I mean, who knows what wonders await you next month? Who knows? It could be anything. It is going to be good. That is a given. (laughs) We'll see you in a couple of weeks. Ciao. Bye.